Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, now PACs Executive Director, and today we're joined by a special friend of this broadcast, Amy Showalter. That's right, Michaela. Showalter returns to help you and me get ready to achieve our podcast goals for when we all get together in person at the NABPAC post-election conference. I'm actually glad that you said it that way, Adam. I, I completely agree. Amy is just what the doctor ordered, I think. In all honesty, you and I have been talking about how to make our upcoming 100th episode extra special for the last several weeks. And, and I think we've zeroed in on the right strategy. Well, don't give away too much now. But seriously, the reason this pod works, Michaela, is because personal experience is everything. Sharing our frustrations, revelations, successes, and challenges is part of the value of membership in this association. Absolutely. And, you know, it's that sharing of the personal experiences amongst colleagues in the employee-funded and business trade association pack space that really is the hallmark, not only of this trade association, but of this podcast. Which is why we are happy to share Everyone attending the NABPAC post-election conference is invited to share their voice for an upcoming episode of the podcast and... our 100th episode, Adam, I can't even believe we're saying that, in front of a live studio audience at the NAMPAC post-election conference. What an accomplishment, Adam. I know. Exciting stuff. Behind the mic with the number one PAC podcast in America. More details to come. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPA activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Thanks so much, Adam and Amy Showalter. Welcome back. Thank you, Michaela. It is great to be with you and Adam today on the uh, number one PAC podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It's exciting to have you back. Look, full transparency, everybody. I called Amy Showalter some weeks back to get her advice on a number of topics, as you do. And in discussing our podcast goals for the post-election conference, Amy suggested do the research and speak to folks one-on-one. -on -one. Meet your audience, she said. Get to know them better. Ask them questions like, what's the best advice you've gotten? What's the worst? Best question you've ever been asked? What's your most uninformed question that you've ever received from the C-suite? How do you know when you've hit a home run? And so that's exactly what we're gonna do. And everyone is invited to participate, as I said before. But until then, Amy Showalter is here to help us prove the concept. Show Walter is getting to know your audience and Amyism. Adam, it certainly is. And there are several Amyisms that revolve around getting to know your audience. And one has to do with the legacy that you have in your professional career and that it comes from other people. I believe it's uh, Amyism number 70, where I say that no matter what you want from your work, whether it's a vibrant advocacy program, a big pack bank account, or victories in the legislature, it all comes from other people. It all comes from other people. That's why we have to listen to them and know our audience. So Amy, we've talked a lot about getting to know your audience. And obviously, as we get back to the conference and get back to in-person, we're going to understand a little bit more about our audience there at the conference. There's a lot of new faces. It's been four years since we've all been together at this conference. But I'm curious, you know, what is the best advice that you've gotten as a consultant? Lots of, uh, lots of advice. 
And some of the best has been that if you're not making waves, you're not doing anything, that you have to think for yourself and be as original as you can with your concepts and ideas. That's been terrific advice. And also that adversity has a way of grabbing our attention and it's okay. And that talent needs trauma. Sometimes you have to go through difficult times to really have your talent um, brought forth. And that's what's so great about NABPAC is it allows people to come together and share their successes and also challenges and realize, hey, number one, I'm not alone, but I can be better by learning about how to manage this particular challenge. I'm not alone is exactly <laughs> the kind of thing that I think about when I listen to this podcast. But in line with these questions that we'd love to hear answers from individuals when we're down at the conference, it's harder to ask you what the worst advice you've heard is or maybe that you've gotten. But when you think about it, has some stood out, things that have was sounded good at the time but proved not to be right, Amy? Yes, uh, very much so. The one that sticks in my mind right now is a little, little bit of a story. I was preparing for a presentation and I was practicing it in one of the conference rooms of this particular client. And I was just kind of there. I, I wanted to get this one story down and make it really tight and crisp. So I was going through that again. And the client came in and said, oh my gosh, why are you practicing? You don't need to practice. You certainly know this stuff by now. <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. However, I have to be my best for you. And this is what makes it better is if I really fine tune what I'm doing. So it, it was not advice, I suppose. Well, I guess it was. They were they were saying, gosh, you, know, you don't need to practice. Well, yeah, we all do because we can all improve. And so I would encourage people to be judicious with preparation. Michaela, after nearly 100 episodes, you know that as well as I do. You got to warm up and you got to be your right self. It's the wrong advice to say, don't practice. I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, you know, we all have a lot to learn in every situation. And sometimes I hear well, I don't know that I need to go to that conference because I've been doing the pack work for so many years. And I tell you what, I mean, every, I mean, I've been in this business almost 30 years. And every time I go to one of these conferences, someone has something really wise and great to say. And I think that this, the way we set this conference up to allow time for our members to really come together, not just to sit and listen to a bunch of speeches. We'll have some of that. <laughs> By the way, we have some great speakers coming, but we do build in a lot of time for folks to have those conversations directly with one another to learn the best practices and quite frankly, what didn't work and why, you know, maybe something didn't work that someone tried internally and, and maybe there's something, a lesson there that we can learn to make it better. So um, it's a real great opportunity no matter how experienced you are to come together and figure out new ways of doing things. Maybe it's just a new creative idea that you hadn't thought of. Amy Showalter, the Showalter group is known as a group who listens better than almost any other. You can help your clients get to their why and understand a lot more about who they are working with. So it leads me to the question, what's the best question you have ever been asked? There's so many of them, Adam, so many questions. I would say one that's affected our consulting practice a great deal is a question from my colleague, Dr. Rhodes, where he will say to me many times, well, how do you know that? How do you know? You're making this assertion about this particular conclusion or this particular challenge that a client is facing. How do we know that for certain? And so it forces me to ask more questions of the client and find out 
where they're really at what's lying underneath the challenge many times uh, sometimes it's easy to use the weed whacker approach to challenges but we've got to dig at the roots and find out what the root of a situation is so how do you know has been challenging for me and i constantly remind myself of, of that particular question you know adam we get asked a lot of questions here at NAPAC. i think the best questions we get are really about the structure and being able to clarify the rules around how our packs operate and really being able to dispel a lot of those myths um, i love being able to come right back with the law the federal election law that dictates how we operate in that Pretty much everything most people have heard about how we operate is not accurate. You know, one of the things that I think distinguishes all of our colleagues in the PAC space is that a question might come from any part of the C-suite at any time. Quick answer, ask the experts. And so when you think about best questions you've heard, there's a flip side to that, Amy Showalter some that might belie a fundamental misunderstanding. So when you think about all of the work that you've done, the people you've spoke to, or even clients who've relayed, what what is what stands out as maybe the most uninformed question you've ever heard coming out of that C-suite about PACs? I would say it has to do with advocacy and, and PACs in general, but more kind of an advocacy question, if I may, but it goes to the point, it can affect uh, your PAC as well. I had a very erudite individual who's very close to the CEO of this particular organization say to me, now I need to call, I'm going to be having a meeting with my state congressman. What do I need to share in that meeting? And I thought, oh, we've got to get this nomenclature correct first. And uh, so I very gently had to remind him that it's, uh, congressman or state legislator, who is it you're meeting with again? That's a pretty benign one. There's probably been been tougher ones, but Michaela, I'm interested if there's a common C-suite question that NAPAC members get that you hear over and over. I would say there isn't one common question, but I I kind of go back to something Dave Shield talks a lot about on this podcast as a PAC director. You really are the issue expert on campaign all things campaign finance. And I think it's just general misunderstandings around what a CEO or the C-suite can participate, how much they can participate. We do get a lot of questions around if we're a foreign-owned company. And, and these can be very delicate and difficult you know, questions because oftentimes you're, you're, you may be pushing back and telling a CEO or an executive in the C-suite that something that they can't do something that they want to do. And so um, as the PAC director, you need to be prepared for those questions because it's just, you're the issue expert. This is not their issue area of expertise. And so you need to be prepared to find the way to answer those questions. You know, Amy, I've heard this next one before, and I'm sure you have. And while it might be terrifying in the moment, it should prove inspiring that there's always more work to do. But there continues to be a fundamental misunderstanding about the difference between a super PAC and a traditional PAC and all of the different nodes that exist within campaign finance. Yes, and I think it's really important to draw the contrast between these different buckets of campaign financing. Uh, contrast is really important. And as I have been taught by my mentors, you know, contrast is the mother of clarity. Contrast is the mother of clarity. So to the extent that we can show that contrast, I think, employee-funded PACs come out very well <laughs> when you contrast them to other 
campaign financing sources in terms of the, the money, how, how democratic that really is. And we're seeing PACs, some corporate PACs, allow members to designate whether their money goes to Republican or a Democrat. And so we see that trend. And that gives people a real voice. Amy Showalter, this one has been maybe the most important in my professional career. It's a simple question. How do you know when you've hit a home run? Right. You can't sit around in life and wait to be told that you've succeeded or not. You got to have some confidence and know what good work looks like and whether you've achieved a goal. How do you answer that question for people and, and how do you answer it for yourself? Well, for, for myself, and, and it goes to the clients, really, and I think they probably would answer it very similarly, is that there's four quick answers to that, four, four ways that they know. Uh, number one, they've hit their goal, whatever that goal is, fundraising goal. Uh, engagement goal, awareness goal. I'm not big on awareness goals. I'm big on contribution goals, but awareness is okay. So step towards that. So they're getting to their goal, number one. Number two, their stature is increased inside the organization. The stature of the political action committee, the stature of the individual is increased in the organization. I love it when my clients get promoted and it happens a lot. And so that's, I like to help them maximize their talents and really uh, show the value of what they do. Uh, number three, I think, you hit a home run when you, particularly as a PAC leader, are getting unsolicited, favorable comments and, and even positive questions from PAC contributors, PAC prospects, people saying, hey, I didn't know this, now I know, therefore I'm going to contribute. To where people are coming to you uh, without you asking necessarily and providing that real positive uh, feedback. And then lastly, I believe, and this can be measured, a good a good PAC, a good, a, a properly positioned and messaged political action committee increases, it should increase the emotional allegiance to that organization. There are ways, you know, people think, oh, PACs are really divisive or they're going to make it's divisive because people are so polarized. But if you message properly, if you find out what's on people's mind, know your audience, as we talked about earlier, you can uh, increase, you find out what brings people together and it can increase the emotional allegiance to the organization and to the noble work of your association or company. And I, I'd be curious if Michaela has input on that as well in terms of NABPAC members that have hit home runs and or NABPAC's home runs too, because I know there's been many. Well, I mean, I think yours are spot on, but I would just say when arm, particularly in these last two and a half years in this very difficult and challenging environment, um, you know, there've been a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with a lot of naysayers around the pack. And so you know, being able to, I don't know if it's take away fears, but really have that moment uh, of communication directly one-on-one -on -one or in a small group setting to really take a few steps back and talk about the reasons why we have a PAC, uh, dispel some of those myths and misunderstandings, and to really see a change in the individual employees that they're talking to and, and what they think about the pack, I think has been an enormous home run for a lot of our members this year. They've been difficult conversations, no doubt, but I think it's been really rewarding for a lot of our members to see that turnaround in many instances. I agree, Mikhail. I think one of the most empowering things is when pack leaders can have enjoyable, confident, compelling conversations and a great dialogue with people about their pack, how it operates and about these, these issues. You know, the great communicators are not afraid to communicate face-to-face. -face. The great communicators don't ghost people. The great communicators engage and have that dialogue. And that's what NABPAC is all about, is having that dialogue among pack professionals and empowering them to do that more with their stakeholders.
Absolutely. Well, I hope that our listeners who will also be attending our post-election conference have taken some notes on this show and will be prepared to answer some of these questions because I know Adam is coming for each of you. So be prepared. Amy Showalter, we are so grateful as always to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining us and we can't wait to see you at the NAPAC post-election conference. And I just also want to just take a moment to thank you for also being um, a sponsor of the conference and being such a supporter of NAPAC. Hey, thank you. Look forward to seeing everyone soon. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing the Facts About PACs podcast. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week.